Welcome to Sports Beat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Monday, December 21st, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Well, the Chiefs did it again. They beat a good team on the road, this time the New Orleans Saints. The final was 32-29, and there was plenty for Sam Mellinger, Vahe Gregorian, Sam McDowell, and Herbie Teope to discuss after the game. So we did on Sportsbeat Live, which is now a Sportsbeat KC podcast. We all wrote variations of the same theme, that the Chiefs are a tough, resilient, and creative team. I know that sounds like a broken record, but hey, this is who they are. At any rate, enjoy the conversation. Let's get started. Hey, hello. Welcome to Sportsbeat Live, the Kansas City Stars Chiefs postgame show, where people who cover the Chiefs will talk about another victory. Um, with you guys. Uh, give us your questions and comments. We'll get to as many of them as we can. We've got Sam Mellinger in the house, Bobby Gregorian. We have Sam McDowell, and I guess we're waiting on Herbie Teope, who will join us when he can. It was kind of a kind of a long game, went three and a half hours, and the, the Chiefs were late getting to the interview room today, so we're starting actually a little later than, uh, than we usually do, than we would like to, but... Uh, uh, but hey, you don't want to hear about our problems, um, do you? No, I, I don't. I don't think you do. Um, but we all ended up writing stories, and you know, based on the the questions that were asked in the um, uh, to the few players and Andy Reid that we talked to after the game, I think we all kind of had variations on similar themes. Uh, and and how could they not be when uh, you're covering a team? that beats everybody it plays uh, and not only beats everybody it plays, but does so in similar fashion. You know, it doesn't seem to matter the said it before the quality of the opponent or, um, or how big the lead or deficit is at some point in the game. It comes down to the fourth quarter, comes down to a final possession and the chiefs uh, win it again, 32 to 29 over the new Orleans saints. So, um, Sam Mellinger, I know that uh, uh, just based on your questions, you were you're talking about uh, uh, resiliency and toughness and grit and, and all that. Uh, did I capture that um, about right, or did I completely blow it? I, I don't think I was being subtle uh, <laughs> in the post game, but it, that's what stuck out the most to me. You know, like, um, and I feel like it's important to point out um, when we have the chance because, like, Lord knows we talk a lot about. Uh, you know, smoked sausage or, you know, Tyree Kill going over the top. And we should. Those things are fun. Um, but I, I think that there's a lot of, like, pretty teams in recent NFL history that that haven't won a Super Bowl or some that haven't even sniffed it. And, and the Chiefs are a pretty team. Like, they can do that. Um, but they can also, you know, kind of win a street fight. And and that's what this game was. And, and it was, look, I get the Saints were playing without Michael Thomas. You know, they that wasn't their best self. I think they would probably say that. Uh, but the Chiefs were playing with, you know, Eric Fisher's got a bad back. Wisniewski just got on um, after being, you know, cut by the Steelers. Andrew Wiley's never played right tackle in the NFL before. Um, and, and he's out there against a really good defensive front. And and they won the fight. You know, I, I get the final was three points. But, um, you know, that game, I felt like the Chiefs controlled it from the beginning to the end. And there's no way they're able to do that if if they're not tough. Well, hey, you had similar. You you went a similar route, didn't you? Yeah, for some reason, cer- certain word buzzwords kept coming up, like whether you know attitude or resilience. 
but I think Sam and I did, we did try to, at least we tried to coordinate and take a little different uh, approach. And one of the things I, I just tried to get into was what, what turns out to be an NFL record um, that they, no team ever before has won six straight games by six points or fewer. And, you know, when you start looking at the mechanics of that, um, it, it really, well, it comes down to a lot often as it did today, the ability to make first downs uh, and, and run out the clock when, when, you know, the other team has a chance to get back and, and either tie it or win it. Um, and that there was, you could break down that last couple minutes of the game as, as the whole game within the game on that. But they, the, the broader point is that they, they just keep doing it. And I think, you know, Patrick Mahomes spoke to that a little bit after the game and, and just kind of made the point that it, it's the teams that can win whatever the score is, right? Whether it's, you know, 48, 40 to 32 or 32, 29 or whatever it might be um, that, that are the ones that are going to be real trouble going down the road. And now that they, they know this is this is a habit. This is this is a, a muscle of theirs now, I think. It's definitely a confident team. So, so Sam McDowell, how how did they do it? What 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 transpired tonight that uh, that allowed the Chiefs to go into the home stadium of the the team that was rocking the number two seed in the NFC and take a, a you know twice take two touchdown leads right fourteen to nothing and then twenty nine to fifteen um, and and again had to had to hold off the Saints at the end. But what what allowed the Chiefs to do this? Well, I, I wrote about the, the smoked sausage and the Tyreek Hill and, and the pretty football. Um, <laughs> what, what was interesting about this game is that the game was much more of a, you know, I think Andrew Wiley phrased it, a brawl than I think probably any Chiefs game this season. So I think what, what those guys wrote is, is really well-timed in that sense. But still, when the Chiefs got in the red zone, I still felt like they went back to their original selves, which is they got cute in the red zone. And I, the reason that this topic interested me is, is I dissected it two weeks ago about what the flaws were in the red zone. And I sort of wondered, how are they going to try and address these issues? You know, Andy Reid brought it up twice when we didn't even ask him about it. So they absolutely recognized that among their few flaws, this was one that they needed to fix. And they fixed it by being themselves. They didn't fix it by doing what other teams think that they need to do. Even, you know, that week that I wrote that story, I asked Patrick Mahomes about it. I asked Eric Bannemi about it. And they both said, you've got to get the one yard. You've got to run the football whenever teams know you're going to run the football. That's not what they did today. They still, when you look at their four touchdowns in the red zone, they scored on basically, I, I think I phrase it as like a shot put to, to Travis Kelsey. <laughs> They scored on an option play that uh, Le'Veon Bell said, I don't think I've ever run a play like that before. Um, they scored on a Tyreek Hill play where he, he literally went in motion four times, twice before the snap and twice after the snap. So it's just interesting to me that they, they diagnosed a problem. They still thought, we're not going to fix this by being conventional. We're still going to play like we play and just play to the strengths. And their strengths are Andy Reid's creativity and their quarterback pretty much everything. And that's the way they're going to fix their red zone issues. They've decided. And today it worked. I mean, obviously they, they got four touchdowns on their first four possessions. They didn't score on the fifth one. Um, but I still think the effort of what they tried illustrates what we're going to see from them going forward. They're still going to run these types of plays in the red zone. They should too. Um, and, and for all the reasons that you wrote about a couple of weeks ago, um, I, I do think though, it's, it's also notable that they ran the ball, not in the red zone, but in short yardage situations in, you know, more in the middle of the field, they were running, you know, 
kind of conventional between the tackle. Uh, I, I think I counted seven, uh, two yards or fewer. Um, they ran the ball seven times in those situations and converted. Um, and that's that's something we haven't seen a whole lot of. But in the red zone, the, you got to stretch horizontal as much as you can because they're all about stretching vertical. But in those spots, you're right. They got to they got to go horizontal. And that was part of, you know, what 179 yard rushing game. That was the second most of the season and the most yeah. since the 245 against Buffalo. And it looked like that was a concerted effort and it was pretty handy between the 20s. Yeah, the, the, the Saints were much like Buffalo yeah. uh, in that game. The Saints were playing back. It was they were kind of rushing four and they were getting there with four a lot, um, sometimes five. And then they were kind of, you know, they, were, they wanted the Chiefs to run. But still, like, that's the bar. Like the Chiefs don't need to be like this ground and pound team. They just need to be able to run the ball against light boxes, and they were able to do that tonight. I think against a, a Saints defense that's better than the Bills defense, especially yeah, up front. Um, and we oh, saw totally. them, and we saw them get after Patrick Mahomes. How many times was he pressured? You know, tonight it was uh, a ton, and and sacked. I did. I don't have it in front of me. I don't have the the, the stat sheet, but enough tonight, and a lot of pressure. And I thought, you know. On his on his fumble was I thought he might have been hurt. You know, it was he got hit so hard there. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he, was, if he was hurt still. I, right? I wouldn't be surprised if, if he sustained some injury from that. Sorry, Sam. What, what were you saying? No, it was just four sacks uh, is okay. what they got. That 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 play too when he fumbled. Um, I mean, I, my memory. Um, I, I don't remember him. You guys correct me if I'm wrong. If I'm just forgetting about something, I don't. That's the hardest that I can remember him being hit. Same. Same. Yeah, me too. Uh, and he been hit earlier in the game. I remember seeing him take a hit that I thought was the hardest he'd ever had. <laughs> Steve Patterson says, "Praying we can keep Patrick protected." I think all of all the Chiefs fans are are, are, are with you on that. Um, but to go back to hey Sam McDowell, to go back to one of yours, you described the touchdowns except for one, which I thought was the you know was, was the craziest was the McCall Hardman. Yeah, the McCall Hardman. One. That was that was an unbelievable. Play yeah. you know, only good, you know, five yard touchdown pass doesn't won't look good. In the, you know, this looks ordinary in the box score, but my gosh, what a what an incredible play! Yeah, and that's what you know. I I tried to get into this in the story on under uh, under the deadline, but um, you know, there, there's there's two main items that I think that, that they're going to focus on in the red zone. Like I said, it's it's the creativity from the coach, and then it's just put the ball in Patrick Mahomes' hands and let him make a play on some other options. And that was, that definitely fell into that category. I mean, McCall Hardman at the back end of the end zone. When I first saw that pass, I, I thought that oh, he overthrew Sammy Watkins by just a touch. And it turns out McCall Hardman just back there. Wait, a really good play from by McCall Hardman too, who had a pretty up and down overall day. It, through, through the past, the outstretched arms of Sammy Watkins, though, for that, uh, <laughs> for that, for that I, I wasn't quite sure if, that, if he was meant to be in that vicinity quite as close as he was. Yeah, I don't know how many completions and even touchdowns Mahomes has like this, but when when he's got it cocked like this, I'm thinking, oh, he's going to throw it away. That's what I thought, and that's it, because he, he had scrambled around for what felt like forever. And throwing it away there may not be a bad play, you know, and it's probably a play that – 30 or 28 or a high number of other starting quarterbacks in the league would have made, but God, it was, um, and it was, it was a great catch. It was, you know, d down low a little bit. Hardman had to go down and get it and drag the back foot. Um, crazy play. I, I thought just in that sense, it was a really sort of strange game for Patrick Mahomes, even by his own standards. I mean, he had to do more sort of backyard stuff because of the pressure that was on him, even than when, what we usually see from him. 
But I also thought at, at times there were, you know, it, it's such a fine line between you never want to sort of, of hinder what Patrick Mahomes can do. So you're never going to ask him not to try and do too much because so many times he does try and do too much and somehow it's successful. But there were a couple plays that I, I thought that he, that, you know, the, the, the fumble where he just happened to fumble out of bounds, he got a little bit lucky on a deflection. And there were a couple more similar plays like that um, that were a little bit unlike him. And I think maybe it was because he was feeling that he, he was going to have to do a little bit more based on the fact that the Saints were only getting pressure with four guys. And the Saints' coverage is good. I mean, they're, they're good when they've only got seven guys or when they've got six guys in the defensive backfield. When you allow them to have seven or eight guys back there and defend, there's not going to be a lot of guys open. And it's not to the fault of, of the Chiefs receivers and tight ends. Mahomes had that 24-yard run today, and I think he finished with over 40 yards rushing. He had the 13-yarder in the first half. I bet he ran 250 yards tonight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, That's a good just point. Being, being pressured, all, I mean, it's just incredibly on the run all the time uh, tonight. But uh, as Brian LaBerge reminds us, uh, New Orleans defense rated number two today. They put up, and, and Chiefs put up 176. I think it was 179 rushing yards and 32 points. Absolutely. No, that was – um, th- th- that absolutely true, and, and also keep in mind it's, it's it's fair to point out that you know Drew Brees was playing in his first game after um, you know missing four with the with the broken ribs, and he sure did look rusty early on, yeah. including including what turns out to be a pretty big play in the game, the Legarius Sneed interception that turned into the Chiefs' first touchdown, short um, you know short field. Chiefs hadn't been great this year in turning uh, turnovers into points, but they did that time and. What was Breeze O for, for his first six for the first time in his 20-year career? He misfired on his first six pad. That was a hell of a stat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he looked, I mean, it really did look like some combination of rust or even uh, like he was impaired still. You know, you couldn't tell if he was cutting loose. I really did think that they they had to consider lifting him after they went four series without a first down and all those misses. But uh, one little 51-yard pass to to, you know, alleviate that. I think changed how the game looked. It, yeah. it just, it looked like the ball was floating. Um, like there's just no, especially like outside the numbers. And I look, I'm obviously not a quarterback. Like I, I don't really understand why the ball, he seemed to have more velocity going down the field than he did, you know, to the sides um, outside the numbers. But I just, I always think about these games when they're playing the saints of like, you know, that's a team they could play in the Super Bowl, Right. Like, I don't think anybody would be shocked by that. And, 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 and if that happens, if that's the team they get, like Bruce's breeze is going to be better than he was, you know, he was good on that last drive. Um, I think the chiefs would, uh, would, would claim a part of that. Um, but you know, he, he's going to be better than that. If, if, if the saints are the team they play in the Super Bowl. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for sports beat KC listeners unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Okay, we have a connected Herbie Teope with us. Herbie, what's up? 
Woohoo, I'm finally connected. Hey, good to, good to hear from you. Good to see you. Um, we have not talked about injuries, and there was a big one for the Chiefs in the, in the fourth quarter today. What's, what's the latest on Clyde? What did Andy say about Clyde Edwards-Alaire after the game? Basically, just said x-rays were negative, so that's a good thing. But I think uh, what Le'Veon Bell said kind of let, let out, you know, the MRI is going to have the results again tomorrow, which is typical because typically on Mondays is when you do that kind of stuff. This is one of the – it certainly looked bad on the replays, uh, the way he was twisted and contorted up there. And you got to be concerned he was unable to put any weight on that left leg as he was being helped off the field, uh, arms around both trainers. Uh, and so that's, that's obviously a concern with Le'Veon Bell being injured now with what the postseason starting in a matter of weeks. Yeah, I, I um, it looked bad the way he was bent over, and uh, and when Andy Reid comes out on the field, you know it's it's a concerning moment. Um, so, uh, so hey, Herbie, we we have talked about the sort of the makeshift, at least the makeshift right side of the offensive line. How do you think it turned out for them tonight? Well, it started out ugly, <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah, I, mean, I, I had it written down here. Hold up, give me one second here. I mean the. the Throughout the first quarter there, the quarterback hits, the, the sacks. I think Mahomes was sacked three times in the first half and then um, six quarterback hits. But the majority of that came off the left side there because, you know, even Eric Fisher was having issues against Trey Hendrickson. Uh, Mahomes, you know, he, he basically said hey, they battled through it. They, they calmed down. They settled down. And as the game wore on, they got better. But, you know, they, they certainly had their share of issues. Yeah, yeah, they, they did. Um uh, but but I, I know Andy Reid. Look, he's not going to criticize anybody ever, right? Um, after a game, but he, you know, he did remind us that look, Andrew Wiley, you know, Wiley playing tackle for the first time this year, and Wisniewski playing in his first game for the Chiefs this season, right? There is just some some differences uh, for for the for the Chiefs and Eric Fisher playing with his back. So, um, I, I, you know, I think we asked you about this last week, and nothing's changed about Mitchell Schwartz. We're just still. Just waiting on news for him, right? Yeah, that's basically it. Last week was the first week that he would have been eligible to be designated return to practice. The fact that they didn't do that, uh, you know, and I'm going to say this, I don't think they need to do it until the end of the year anyway. You know, you got two two games here where they should be able to win against the Falcons and uh, the Chargers unless you want to give him some game action before the postseason. But he's a guy you don't want to risk getting hurt. You want to save him for the postseason. Uh, if Wiley... And Wisniewski is going to be the long-term answer there while Remmers is also dealing with a, with a back injury. And go ahead and, and let Schwartz come back, designate him return to practice, but don't necessarily bring him back off of injured reserve. Just let him get his repetition term practice. You know, the Chiefs are moving into a place um, at 13-1 and one now that, you know, depending on the results of some other games, starting with Pittsburgh, Cincinnati tomorrow um, can find themselves in a position to, uh, you know, to have the, the number one seed clinched before week 17. And we'll look, we'll, we'll get into that, you know, if, and when it happens and, you know, do you, you know, do you give starters a week off? Andy Reid's done it both ways in his career. He's given starters the, the, when he's locked into a seat, he's given starters a rest in week 17 and, at other times he hasn't. My my thought is, you know, that's you give starters a rest in week seventeen, and that's two weeks off before they before they see action again. So people are asking about that, and we can and we we can get into that as um, you know as that unfolds. But 
I'll bring up another stat, something I worked on tonight. You know, obviously the Chiefs uh, went undefeated on the road this year. And do you know that as of the end of the Chiefs game tonight, road teams had a better record than had a winning record against home teams in the NFL this year by one game? Um, that seemed crazy to me. But look, it's, you know, it, I think when you've got Patrick Mahomes and Kelsey and Hill, and it, it doesn't matter where you play, and you've got some. You got weapons that the Chiefs have. It doesn't matter who you play. Um, you're, you know, you're 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 going to be better. And the Chiefs have just been better than than everybody they played except for the Raiders this this year. And I you think you can make a case, a pretty compelling case, that the the best four wins that the Chiefs have had this year, Ravens, uh, not Ravens, but let's say Bills, Dolphins. Those teams are in the playoffs if the season ended today. Saints and Buccaneers. Those teams would be in the playoffs if the season ended today. All on the road, Chiefs won them all. So it's, I don't. What what is this? So again, like kind of circle back to what we where we started. You know, this team's tough. It's resilient. It finds a way to win. It it keeps things interesting. Um, I noticed tonight on the on the the, uh, on the who does Chris Sims work for? Is it NBC? I don't know which one of the networks he works for. Yeah, he's, yeah. yeah, he's quoted as saying that uh, the Chiefs are frustrating and and fun to watch. I'm not sure I'm frustrated. I don't. I don't think they're frustrating to watch. I. I just think they're. I think they're different. They're just so different than any everybody else. How many times a game do you see? And this is sort of just the Mahomes factor. But how many times a game do you see them do something that, you know, it's just kind of bewildering and and has to absolutely demoralize you? I, I kept thinking about that on the. I think it was third and nine, twenty three yard pass to to Sammy Watkins. Yeah. Play that should be made, and you know, ho hum. Third and fifteen, they, they hit Tyree Kill for nineteen. They just have this kind of thing. I know fans can get a little exasperated if we follow on social media that you know the ups and downs of, of any given game, but they have won twenty two of their last twenty three. I, I, I don't know how, how frustrating <laughs> they really are. <laughs> frustrating I, is how to play against. I mean that. Yeah, um, that would be what I think means. about that all the time about just how obnoxious they would be to try to game plan against because you, you just you have to outplay them every little way because it's just like there's this dam of water and and if you leave like one little hole out it's just gonna bust through and and, and you're gonna start uh you know trying to swim they're just you know that that was it the third and the one to Watkins early when um Holmes gets out to the right side and I forgot who the pass rusher was but yeah, it was a Jordan um, so. smart player because he was doing exactly what he should. He he was he was taking the sideline and forcing Mahomes in. But I don't know how many times you've seen that where Mahomes, oh, like there's just this space right ahead, and he just goes straight ahead and then throws it downfield. It's just, um, God, that would be. On, I, I thought that's what you're going to say about Chris Sims is that he's like they're fun to watch, and God would they would be frustrating to play against. I don't, you know, you can't expect them to be perfect all the time, right? No, Robbie, not as long not as long as you have. To, go ahead, Herbie. His point probably has to do with because of all the star power the Chiefs have. It's like when you see them on paper, you expect them to blow out opponents. You know that you you want to tend to twenty point wins, uh, and that's just not happening. This is the National Football League where blowouts aren't as commonplace as a lot of people think. I mean, you're not going to play the Jets every week. You're not going to play who else that have the same or should be the Chiefs blown out all the time. Uh, the Broncos. You're not going to play them every week, so. When you have all that star power, there's this conventional wisdom you're expecting a blowout win, and it just doesn't happen. So when 
when you hear people say that they're fun to watch, absolutely, they're frustrating to watch. That may have something to do with it because they're not blowing people out. There's there's one other one other possibility, and that's that maybe maybe Chris Sims uh, is putting some money on the Chiefs because they have not covered now in six straight games, and the last four have been brutal beats. So that that's that's a theory I'm throwing out there. <laughs> well, and, and maybe that explains why Demarcus Robinson was returning a punt at the end of the first half. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're they're also incredibly entertaining for multiple reasons. I mean that was the most entertaining play of the game. <laughs> and Gallo had the tweet of the night. Yeah, he had something there. If he broke all six tackles, that man actually had to do that. <laughs> oh my gosh! Was- I tell you what, this this is true. I I can say this with all honesty. You kind of hold your breath every time Tyreek Hill gets the ball because you just don't know what he might be able to do. Like he really could go anytime. I feel the same way. Only opposite with Demarcus at this point. You never know what hijinks will ensue. I mean, it's really. It, it, it he he makes me nervous just watching him touch the ball. I'm 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 ready every time he touches the ball. I'm just I'm ready for something. <laughs> well, the, I'll tell you where where Demarcus is is pretty pretty predictable. As soon as the ball's in his hands, he goes backwards. You know, before, <laughs> before, before he goes forwards, he goes backwards. Man, how, how fortuitous was that safety? If that's a touchdown. Then obviously it changes the score. It's not 32-29 anymore. Now it's the, the Saints come out with a win if that's a touchdown. I, I just don't understand what, what Robinson was thinking there. You know, 10 seconds left. You've got all these uh, defensive players or special teams defensive players converging on you. What are you doing running backwards? And you don't even have the ball secured. And that was just uh was just mind-blowing to me. It's his moment to shine, baby. It's a shame we don't have the post-game locker room. What can you say? It's a uh... <laughs> Hey, I want to just note one other thing real quick because it, it shows how this hasn't gotten old. You know, Blair and I end up watching a lot of these games in here at the paper, uh, nicely socially distanced from each other, but we can hear each other. And there still are a handful of plays every game, let's say today, five or six, where you just kind of start laughing because of something Mahomes did. It's just that preposterous. I think today the one that really jumped out, Blair, was the uh, – you know, eight yard downfield pitch on the uh, the option to let down <laughs> but there, but also the Watkins. There were a few of those, but I, I, I still can't really believe we see this guy every week. I know it sounds ridiculous to keep saying that. You know, all these games in a couple of years now, but every week it's something off the charts. Yeah, my my Mahomes tolerance has has risen. You know, since uh, <laughs> like. I- I haven't hugged anybody. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, almost three years now, guys. So, uh, but, but it is, I don't ever want to totally just like watch this and just think that's normal. You know, like we, we should like maintain some grip on reality that he's doing stuff that just, it, I don't know that I was going to say shouldn't be done, but that's not right. That just other quarterbacks won't attempt. I will say the the only benefit of not being able to go to these games is getting to watch a lot more of the rest of the NFL than I have in a mm-hmm. while. And um, watching Sam Darnold makes you appreciate Patrick <laughs> Mahomes a lot more too. Oh, you mean winning quarterback Sam Darnold? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. One, one in – oh, I guess he hasn't played all 14 games. Oh. Hey, Sam Darnold probably saved his job today though, right? I mean, now Trevor Lawrence is, is ended up in Jacksonville. Who had, yeah, who, it's a it's a tiebreaker uh, situation right now. It looks like between the Jaguars and the Jets for for Trevor Lawrence. 
So our buddy Larry Looper has a uh, has a solution for Demarcus Robinson. I'll let you guys go to the comments section and and, and see Larry's oh uh, <laughs> Larry's solution. So, um, how about uh, in terms of uh, we you know we we get asked a lot about um, certain players and and uh, snaps that they've taken and who played and who didn't play. And it's tough for us now just because uh, you know not being at the stadium, you don't see who's on. And off the field, uh, we don't have any more access really than anybody else watching on TV. But um, how, how about did Willie Gay stand out today? Did anybody did anybody focus? I don't I don't remember hearing his name or uh, or seeing him in the stat sheet. I saw him on the field some, um, but but not a lot. Not as much as I expected because I thought that um, you know he's been playing in a lot of their base stuff. Um, and not playing a lot on third downs and you know, the, the saints are a team that plays a lot of tight ends and um, yeah. even their fullback gets on the field some. So I, I thought we'd see a little bit more of Willie Gay this week than, than what we probably did. I mean, obviously Herbie will have the snap counts tomorrow with the actual numbers, but um, I, I thought we'd see him more today. Willie Gay, if you learn anything from last week, he's a starter and name only. It's, because remember last week he started, and I'm using I'm using air quotes here, but he only played 17 snaps, and Ben Neiman totaled 75. Um, look at the stat sheet right now. Ben Neiman had a team leading eight tackles. So I mean, it, it's Gay talked to us on Friday, and you know it's just a matter of him still growing in this rookie season. I, I just think um, lack of OTAs and, and training camp, and even though it was abbreviated, that really hurt him. It really hurt his progress this year. Ben Neiman is just such a funny case because two years ago when he was an undrafted rookie, he really shined in the preseason. And I, I felt like the, re the response was Ben Neiman has to get on the field more. And now that Ben, ben Neiman is on the field more, it's, uh, the response is, well, well maybe, not, maybe not quite that much. <laughs> I'll tell you, the guy who caught my eye today, and everybody else's, I'm sure, who watched the game, was Legereus Sneed. Um, the the interception early and then the his first career sack today. Now he got he got burned on the on the late touchdown, but I mean I, I was close to making him the the star of the game uh, just because of those two big defensive plays early. Um, it, look, I I think the Chiefs played pretty well defensively today. They gave up twenty nine points, but um, they 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 get their share of the credit for a stat that's almost unbelievable. The Chiefs held the ball for forty one plus minutes tonight. That's that's wow. incredible. I, I don't I don't remember a game like that for the, maybe I'm missing one, but I don't remember a game like that for the Chiefs this year where they just dominated so dominated time of possession. Yeah, and then go back to uh, Vahe's earlier point. If we had an open locker room, you know, <laughs> I can guarantee that we somebody would have been over at number thirty eight's locker. The other thing that stands out for their defense is one of eleven. You know, they hold the, the Saints offense to one of eleven on third down conversions, and that's that's pretty darn good as well. Well, Go ahead. You know, the, the points came later, Blair, but but still, it, I mean, it it matters that you stop them in the first four series, and and you get the turnover to set up the touchdown. I mean, that 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 shaped the 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 kind of template of the game, um, and everything else was kind of in reaction to that. Andrew Brandt asks if Wisniewski's a starter for the rest of the year. I've got to think so, don't you think, Herbie? Yeah, I would have to agree with that. I would absolutely have to agree with that. If, if Mike Remmers isn't back next week, and it just would not surprise me if that right side stayed with Andrew Wiley 
at right tackle and then Wisniewski at right guard. You know, the, the crazy thing is here we are um, Wednesday, you know, because it's, it's, the Chiefs were pretty mum. You know, conventional wisdom was it was going to be Yasser Durant. And of course, uh, you know, Eric Bieniemy telling us on Thursday, you know, he's a professional. That's what he gets paid for. So, of course, you know, I'm thinking that's he's probably the guy. But lo and behold, he, he, he wasn't the starter today. And I think they're probably going to stick with what worked today against the Saints. I agree. Yep. Yep. How come you're not bringing me into the conversation that you brought me? Uh, I, I entered late and I heard y'all uh, talking about Drew Brees. Well, and of course, uh, you were the one who had to ask Patrick Mahomes about the, uh, the little Drew Brees, Patrick Mahomes meeting after the game. I, um, hey, look, can I nobody. Log, can I log off here? <laughs> <laughs> nobody better qualified to ask that question or write about that topic than, than you, Herbie. It was, um, um, you know, your two cities were, were, were doing battle today. So, um, and I really enjoyed your Twitter feed today with all the, uh, the photos and videos of Herbie on the field at the Superdome. A uh, little looked like a media, media game that was going on. When, when was that? That would have been uh, 2018. They do it every year. But I think that the video clip from that would have been 2018 because the Saints actually uh, they streamed the, the flag football game live. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so anyway, you're right though. You know, Breeze, this is his 20th season, right? This is Mahomes' fourth, and uh, uh, and already Mahomes now this year defeated defeating uh, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, well everybody, right? But but those two in particular, um, the, the veteran quarterbacks. Uh, the, I think when we look back on this season, especially if it ends the way that uh, we think it might, um, with, with the Chiefs standing on top again. Sort of, uh, absolutely, a, a, a passing of the torch, changing of the guard, whatever you, however you want to describe it. Yeah, and I tend to agree with that. But you know, that, particularly when people look at this game, and you know, Drew Brees obviously started out bad. You know, there's, there's no other way to say. It. Was he rusty? I, I think he probably was rusty. But there's another thing to take into consideration. He's wearing a flak vest, and for people who have never worn a flak, I me mean, obviously, I wore a flak vest when I was in the army. But you know. <laughs> What they're wearing there is, is not as heavy as that, but it, it, it is going to limit some of your movements. I think he, he probably had to get used to throwing in game conditions with that vest on. And as, as the game wore on, he got a little bit more comfortable. You know, it certainly helps when you when you fire a 51-yard bomb, but then that leads to other things because now he's loose. You know, he was able to get in somewhat of a rhythm. But the, but the Chiefs defense, you know, they, they did their part. The Chiefs were able to get to him. They hit him. They sacked him, and so they were able to harass him. So, you know, it's, I'm not ready to say his career is over because over the last few years in New Orleans, that's always been the thing. Oh, he's losing velocity. But he always says that he, when you look at the stat line, he always ends up producing. Yeah, yeah. All right, you guys, let's, uh, let's call it a night. Um, Chiefs have uh, Falcons and then Chargers at home, the last couple of noon kickoffs for the final two games of, of the season. So we'll get started on these shows earlier in the day that I'm always that I always look forward to, and um, and we'll have some sort of offering uh, midweek this week. Uh, we'll we'll see who's around town and and, uh, and and get you some some Chiefs coverage midweek in the form of either a Sports Beat Live or a uh, or a podcast. We'll have to see. So I'll tell you what for Sam McDowell for Sam Mellinger Vahe Gregorian Herbie Tiope and our producer Beth Welsh. Uh, thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you again soon. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our production staff of Derek Donovan, Beth Welsh, Monty Davis, Randy Mason, 
Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. A tip of the cap to Sam Mellinger, Vahe Gregorian, Sam McDowell, and Herbie Fiope for stopping by and talking Chiefs. Their stories can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Hey, we've got another deal for you, especially for those who want to deep dive into the Stars' terrific Chiefs coverage. For a limited time, you can subscribe to Sports Pass for 99 cents a month. That's right, 99 pennies a month. After three months, it auto-renews at $5.99 a month unless you cancel. How do you get it? You go to KansasCity.com slash SportsPass2020. That's KansasCity.com slash SportsPass2020. Do you want more than just sports coverage? I know I do. Check out the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports news features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional news, sports, and business coverage with the E-Edition. The details for all of these deals can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. If you're having trouble hunting down any of these offers, send me an email at bkirkhoff at kcstar.com. I will get you to the right place. Whether it's the Sports Pass or the full subscription, you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports BKC. Thanks for listening. We'll be back on Tuesday with another episode.